black woman, beautiful, powerful, resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation, a talk, especially an informal one between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? So this week has been really good. I've been on call for two weeks straight. So this is the second week of my call. But during the call, I have only had maybe five phone calls the whole two weeks. Oh, well, that's dope. Sweet baby Jesus. (laughs) Sweet baby Jesus is smiling down on me. Listen, favor ain't fair. And I am convinced that these last two weeks has been straight favor because literally I've had something to do every weekend. So last weekend, you know, I had the baby shower for one of my friend and colleague and that went very well and I didn't get any phone calls during the shower, which is surprising. And then this weekend, I had a whole homecoming in Doritter. So I had some backup from some coworkers for a half a day, drove down, left at 1 p.m. Saturday, got everything set up, paid everybody, had a good old-fashioned time. James did come at the last minute, which I'm going to get to that in a second. Yay! Girl, please. Girl, please. <laughs> we drove back. We got back on the road around 11.30 p.m. and got here around, like, right before 3. So... It's been a whirlwind 24 hours. But the reason I said I'll get back to James is because, one, Deritter is really small. There's only like 11,000 people in Deritter. Shout out to everybody in Deritter. And honestly, all my Deritter people, I might have to tag them next week when we when this is released, just so they can follow. So shout out to all my Deritter friends uh, that uh, follow this. We had Alexis on the show for in yeah. season one. She's from Deritter. So, um, but yeah, all of my Deritter people, she was there. She was there and she looked good. Girl, you know, Black Don't Crack, we were looking fabulous in the house. But I say that to say, James was not coming. So I text Alexis and say, hey, are you, is your husband coming? She said, no, he's not coming, right? Because his husbands don't want to be, they're like, what are we going to do in Dorita? Nothing, right? So James was like, I have stuff to do. I, you know, I'm not going to go. And then literally 12 noon, I have, you know, I have my shoes on. I got my stuff in the car because I'm going to change when, I'm, when I get there. And I'm like, all right, I'm out. He's like, I thought you were leaving at one. I said, I'm leaving the city at one. I got to go pick up some things and then go. I had to go to Walgreens. I had to go to HEB. I had to go pick up some things to bring with me there. And he was like, oh, I thought you were leaving in one. I, I'm I'm going to come. Er, you coming? What is that? <laughs> so he, I don't know if he thought in his head when he saw me with that white outfit on. Oh my gosh, she's looking too good, too scrumptious to go by herself. I don't know. But he was like, Mm-mm, I'm coming. I'm coming. And then he gets there, Janine, and he wants to just sit, play on his phone. He talks to some people that come up to him. But like the last hour, he was like in the car waiting. Like, I'm just going to sit in the car and wait. What? You knew what this was before you decided to embark on this trip. 
But no, you wanted to come anyway, and then you want to get there and try to rush me. See, that's that, that's that, that's that issue I don't like. Don't rush me. You know what I'm coming to do. So either way, we had a good time. It was a good time. Well, I'm glad that he went. I asked you because I was like, um, so there's some dance. Like, it sounded very like you should have your husband there. And you were like, well, I'm working. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, you, he gets a pass. But I'm glad that he decided to come. Girl, Did he have listen, a little bit of fun? I don't know. I think he had fun meeting people and realizing like, okay, this these are Derrida people. I haven't really met too many Derrida people because at our wedding, the only Derrida person there, I'm almost certain... Well, obviously my mom and my Derrida family, but my friends from Derrida, the only person that was there was Alexis, Alexis Woods that was on the show. Mm. And um, that was it. So he hadn't really interacted with a lot of my friends locally. So it was good for him to get to meet my classmates and see what they were like and how I interacted with them. So that was cool. But uh, the DJ was one of our classmates too. His name is Trennis. So he DJed uh, for us. And uh, one of our classmates requested like, a song. I'm almost certain it was oh, it was a Jodeci song, and made everybody that was a couple get up and dance. Right. So of course I'm like, you know, I'm my president. I'm organizing this thing. I'm not about to not dance. So I tell James, "What well, you here? So guess what? You a couple. So we're gonna get up and dance. Now, mind you, James and I really have not danced probably since our wedding. He does not dance. Okay, That's but I good. was like, listen, listen, show and tell. Get your on up here and let us go on and get the show on and go ahead and dance, okay? So we slow dance and he was making a horrible face the whole time and you know I was just singing along all my life. I pray for someone like you. And I was like, you go get up. We gonna dance up in here. So that was good because I finally got to dance with my husband again, right? Mm. Five years go by, almost six years. Oh, second slow dance. Yay! Right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't say it like that because what, when do you, I mean, come on now. You both are super busy. When do you have time to go that out is and not, dance? That's not an excuse. Okay. Like we've been to several weddings. Okay. You, since we've been point. married. That's a good point. Good point. I'm trying to think maybe we have dance. I actually don't think, no, because I love to dance. So at a wedding, baby, I'm on the floor. I'm on the dance floor. Okay. With or without him. And I'm almost certain I must've been without him on several different dance floors because I, I don't recall us slow dancing at any of these weddings. That would be the pertinent time that we would have danced. Now I give it to him. In the last two years in the pandemic, obviously we really haven't gone anywhere. We've gone to weddings and then bounced before the reception because he's officiated a couple weddings and I've gone to support him, but we haven't gone to actually receptions. Now, Tiffany, you know, he officiated Tiffany's wedding, okay. friend of the podcast, Tiffany Tonsmay, who's now Tiffany Forrester, but he officiated her wedding. And of course we stayed for the reception because I was in the wedding and we flew down to, you know, South Carolina to be there. And he did not dance. No, we, he did not dance. There was no, no. But no. he was the preacher. So it's it's kind of a little different. I get it. So the preacher okay, can't look, dance no more? Okay, look, I'm making excuses for James that I would not allow my husband to make excuses for himself for. So James, I tried, I tried. But next exactly. You have to dance next wedding, James. Sorry. Right. Well, he danced at this reunion because I was like, I looked at him like, you're not going to embarrass me. They didn't call a couple of <laughs> Get on up here <laughs> right now. Not talking through your teeth. <laughs> I sure did. I said, yeah, get on up here. Yeah, get on up here and get to the dance floor. You said they called all the couples. Okay. All right, Johnny. So what did you do this week? Okay. So 
a couple of things I'm excited about. One, this was my last Thursday night event for the year. So the Yay! super spreader event that I've been doing is now officially done. And the crazy part, Nicole, literally this last one was so packed that walking from one place to the other would have taken you easily 10 minutes because everyone was packed in like sardines. Personally, I would not, if I was not working, would not have gone because I felt like it was not such a pleasant experience, but people were like having the time of their lives. So I'm glad it went out with a bang and it was amazing and everyone enjoyed themselves. I mean, we almost had double the amount of people that we had had in prior weeks. Okay. And then yesterday, Ken and I drove to Philadelphia because my friend Jenny, who was actually in my wedding, is getting married. And yesterday was was their wedding shower, Jenny and Mark's wedding shower. So yeah, it was super fun. That's sweet. Yeah, it was outside. So, you know, safe social distance, all of that. Let me tell you something. If you could think of like, what would Janine be like if she was a white girl? That's Jenny. So if I could think of a more like perfect person, what would that person's partner look like? If I could have created him myself, it would be Mark. I mean, they're perfect for each other. The sarcasm, the way that they are. I mean, it is just like such perfection. And their families are so sweet. It was so adorable. Love them. And I'm so excited that they're getting married. The only thing that I didn't get to see was their cute little baby doggy. But I will meet her the next time. I thought you were going to say cute little baby. You're like, baby doggy. Uh-uh. What did I tell you? I said, Jenny is the white version of Jenny. I know. I should have known. I should have known. Listen, I should have known. But let me go back to this super spreader event. I can't believe you called it a super spreader event. I call it a super spreader because that's where I was exposed to COVID the most over the last two years, well, honestly. So well, that's, yeah. I mean, I probably shouldn't call it that. But yeah, it kind of felt like that, honestly, that I mean, it was a lot of people. And honestly, let me tell you something for the, the age range for this particular event is closer to my parents age than mine. So that makes them high risk. And they don't like wearing masks. Like I'm not exaggerating at all when I say that usually the only people at the event that are wearing masks are me and my staff. Not exaggerating, not even a tad bit. Maybe they're all vaccinated and boosted. I hope for their sake. Yeah. But I think it's great that you went to an occasion, especially given the timeline. I know, right? Yeah. It was a wedding shower. But you know what? The one thing I'd like to point out, it's really cute now that like, you know how bridal showers used to be kind of like all about girls. I think it's cute now that wedding showers are about the couple because it's not as awkward. But this was so okay. chill and relaxed that I was like, love it. So what's the difference between a wedding shower and an engagement party? Okay, what's the difference? At a bridal shower, it's very like... Time out. Okay. Not the difference between a bridal shower, because I know what that is, but an engagement party and a wedding shower. I don't know. I guess the engagement party is like you get the kinky stuff and the wedding shower is like you get the gifts. I don't know. It's just an extra reason to have a party. It's a reason to spend more money. The bridal shower has a purpose. The bachelorette party has a purpose. The wedding shower, that's just a wedding. Like, they might as well have exchanged vows there. No. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I'm sure it's a party. Exactly. And they had oh, plenty of, okay. of White Claw and um, wine and beer and champagne flowing. It was amazing. Enjoyed myself. Well, listen, if they like it, I love it. It does seem like just another reason to spend money because I'm sure that she'll also have a bridal shower as well. No, this is it. 
See, it's like one okay. Stop so no, shopping. no, no marital advice. So she's like, I do not want the marital advice. I do not want the cucumber sandwiches with the crust cut off. <laughs> she had all of that. It's just that she had guys there too. It was fun. So speaking of weddings, Janine, what's on your timeline this week? This story has been on our timeline all over. It went from social media to black news outlets to mainstream news outlets. I mean, black Twitter is up in arms. So this is the story of the Haga books. In Florida, we're going to find a newlywed couple, Michael and Deja Hagabook. Their wedding has now gone viral. But before I get to the wedding, let me start with a bit of backstory about the bride. Deja seems to have had a very difficult upbringing. Deja had a mother, Davina Evans, who sold and used drugs based on what she said in live videos. Her mother also went to prison when Deja was very young. She was incarcerated for harming a man who had molested one of her other children, one of Deja's siblings. In 2016, when Deja was just 13, she was adopted. I think it's pretty safe to say that Deja's relationship with her biological mother probably is a little bit volatile, and that might be putting it lightly. In 2017, when Deja was just 14, she went missing. Her godfather posted a plea to the community to help find her. The post says, actions for the community. If anybody sees my goddaughter, please contact me or her mother. She's 14 years old and she needs to be found fast. Time is of the essence. Thank you very much. She was later found and her biological mother thanked the community and her godfather told everyone that she was found and thanked the community in a post as well. Just two years later, after Deja went missing, at the age of 16, Deja gave birth to her first child. And just two years after that, just a month ago, 18-year-old Deja wed 55-year-old Michael Hagabooks. Now, the age gap may be a bit alarming to you, right, Nicole? But honestly, as I go through the details of this story, that's probably going to be the least of your concerns. First, it's not surprising that her biological mother, Deja's biological mother, Davina, does not agree with this. She's publicly expressed her objection to this relationship. And she went on like a 20 plus minute Facebook live rant where she was like, I'm not OK with this. Like, let me be very clear that I have messed up in my life, but I am not condoning this relationship by any means. She also shared that she and Michael, her daughter's now husband, had previously had a sexual relationship of their own. She also suggested that, you know, and I say suggested because it can't be confirmed that Michael had been messing around with Deja prior to her turning 18, which means it was prior to legal age of consent. There was also speculation that Deja's two-year-old was Michael's. However, her sister confirmed in a Facebook post that the father of her two-year-old was, in fact, someone else who has since passed away. Something else that's a bit alarming to me is that in Deja's live Facebook post, and Michael is in the background, she says that Michael is 46. And that's alarming to me because according to the marriage license, Michael is 55. But according to documents from a 2016 arrest, Michael should now be 61. So the fact that we don't really know how old Michael is, is also a bit alarming. But again, still not the most concerning part of the story. I know you think that Michael's age is a big deal or the relationship that Michael had with Deja's mother is a big deal, but that's not the kicker. The kicker is 
that Michael has actually known Deja since she was a toddler because the godfather that was pleading to the community to help find her back in 2017 is now Deja's husband, Michael Hackabook. Now, I don't know how everyone else views godparents, but in the black community, godparents are literally the people that stand before God and vow to take care of you should anything happen to your parents. So essentially, they're like a set of backup parents for you, right? They're people that your parents select that should anything happen to them, these are the the, the adults that will be responsible for you. And Nicole, I've tried to find a silver lining in this because, I mean, honestly, it's just a debacle. But I tried to find a silver lining. And the one thing that I could find is that I guess, you know, Michael vowed to take care of her now twice. Oh, child. Oof. So um, let me say this. One, she's 18. Two, initially reading about this and seeing the post on social media, I thought to myself, man, that's he's the father of the, the baby when she had it at 16. When she had the child at 16, she he must have fathered that child. And so to me, it's very good to hear that he's not the daddy of that child, because at least that gives me some hope that he wasn't sleeping with this girl at 16. Now, for me at 18, I know that people think that they're grown, but she's still a child, even at 18. Like, let's say they did not have sex before marriage and they just got married when she was 18 and he's 46, 55, 61, whatever he wants to claim, right? It still gives me some pause that this is an 18-year-old child that's been through a lot in her life, especially when it comes to abuse. Um, she's been in and out of, of home, so she's been in an unstable environment. And so he stepped in and provided stability for her. That, to me, is alarming that he thinks that he can provide stability in that way to this child that's been unstable all these years. But if I'm taking a step back and I'm like, you know what? His Her mom is on drugs. She's in and out of somebody else's home. And perhaps he did step up as a a respected adult figure. And then once she became of age, he all of a sudden found her attractive and she found him attractive. And then they hooked up. Maybe that is the situation. Maybe they didn't have sex before marriage. We don't know. We don't know. I think that you're being very positive and optimistic about this situation. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm I'm really trying to be optimistic because realistically to me that's like her marrying her own father. Like that's sort of kind of nasty. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And hence the reason why Twitter is up in arms. It's ridiculous, let's be honest. Yeah, but there's no blood between them. That's just like Aretha Franklin. And it was terrible then, but also let's talk about when it happened to Aretha. That was umpteen years ago, okay? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. This is now. This is not acceptable. There are laws and things that have gone into place since Aretha's situation that make this even that much more repulsive. I'm pretty sure there were laws against having sex with somebody that's 12 and 13. I'm pretty sure. And you know that there was probably some man in the church that was grown that fathered those children. Why else would she keep that to the grave and not say who the daddy is of these kids? I don't know. Look, I have no idea. All I know is that nowadays in with the current laws and the current time that we live in and the fact that we literally just got off the heels of R. Kelly and the outrage of that. How are we going to condone this girl getting married to this to this man that could technically be her grandfather? Let's be honest, Nicole. But you know what the difference is between that situation and the R. Kelly situation? 
What? Con- consent. This is consensual. And you have not to also realize... Not if he was messing with her before she turned 18. That's not consensual. But there's no proof of that. They are married now and she's 18. She's not held against her will. She's not being kept away from people. She's on social media telling her side of the story. She's there by choice. You think that that she turned 18 in June and they just got married in September and between June and they just started seeing each other in June? That's what you think happened? That they just all started I seeing said, each other in June? I don't. I don't. But all I said was this is what we have. This is the proof we okay. have right now. All we have is that an 18-year-old is married to somebody that's 46, 55, or 61. <laughs> and realistically, if he wasn't the godfather, then we wouldn't be as up in arms about this, Right. Because people elope all the time. And when you become legal, you can do what you can do what you want to do. Whether or not people agree with it or not, there's nothing that is illegal that happened there. Okay. Now, if they were having sex when she was 17. That we can prove. Then, then, there's nothing correct. illegal that we can prove. Correct. If now they were having sex at, at 17 and she went and said, oh my God, we were sexually active when I was 17. Well, then that's statutory rape, even if she's consented. Completely agree with it. But we don't have that information. And we're up in arms because this is supposed to be the godfather. Now, my thing is, was it really her godfather? Were they at the church with the water, the holy water pouring over the baby head? Because if the mama was a crackhead and she's in and out, I'm just saying, like, was this really the godfather? Or did he just say he was the godfather because he knew her from a young age and he wanted to help take care? I'm just saying, like, I understand it's like a long-term family friend, but... It's mad time, mad predatory. Either way, if it was the Godfather I agree. God or Godfather in his mind, he posted that it was his goddaughter. So if he sees himself as the Godfather to this child, that he's been in her life since she was a toddler, it is mad predatory. I don't care if they were just next door neighbors. When you have watched a child grow up from, from toddler and you used to have a sexual relationship with their mother, you are now a father figure. So I don't care how you look at it or how you would like it to be perceived now that you all are married it's sick no i understand i mean I, I, listen it's trifling definitely mm-hmm. but it's not illegal okay yes. r kelly illegal we didn't proved r kelly's guilt we have not proven that there was anything inappropriate going on except for the fact that it seems like he's a little bit nasty with the with the father figure that's like somebody marrying their stepdad. It's not illegal to marry but your stepfather. That's not it illegal. It's crazy. It's crazy. It does look, it looks crazy. But let's say there's a, you know, your stepdad and your mom are married, your mom dies, right? And then years later, you end up marrying your stepdad. That is not illegal. It just looks crazy and it looks nasty, but it's not illegal. It's not illegal. And it's definitely giving real housewives of Salt Lake City. Ugh. Somebody married their stepdaddy? No, the lady on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, her grandma betrothed her grandfather to her when she passed away. Like, ugh. Ugh. Exactly. That's what this is giving. Let me tell you something. The part that I have a problem with is that, yes, I get it. We cannot prove that it's illegal, but we all have common sense and we all know that relationships take, you know, twists and turns. And he did not just start preying on this little girl. Let's be honest with how men like this work. And I'm going to call him a predator. I'm going to call him a predator because I don't care whether he's 46, 55 or 61. What business do you have with an 18 year old? And what life are you really 
given her. Because based on those wedding pictures that I saw, and not to be an elitist, because that's not what I'm trying to do or, you know, trying to diminish what they have together. But based on those wedding pictures that I saw, it was giving like, she might be better off on her own. Well, you know, we don't know what her life was before because it was very unstable. If you are, you know, running away and you're in foster homes and your mama's on drugs, we don't know what kind of stability. So we can't say it would have been better off, but it sure wasn't like trophy wife vibes. You know, it wasn't like lavish, like somebody that didn't want a prize. You know, if you're, you know, 46, 55 or 61 and you've married an 18 year old, that's a trophy wife. You know, that is like a prize and you dropping big bucks. What no big bucks drop there. And I I don't like the term trophy wife because it's very strange, right? It's almost like you bought this woman so that you could show off your what you are contributing to the world. Why else would you marry somebody that's 18? Why? Why else? According to Black Twitter, he's raising her to be the wife that he wants her to be. Well, that's exactly what he's doing. She's 18. She's a baby. I think it's all nuts. I think it's nuts. And look, they keep going viral. They keep posting videos and responding to to the backlash that they're receiving. And it's like, honestly, I think that that just makes it seem just that much more crazy. Because if you all really loved each other and cared about each other and you really were confident in the relationship that you all have, you would not have time or the energy or put forth the effort to rebut all of these comments that people are lobbing your way. How many followers do they have now? Who knows? Who knows? So listen, baby, listen, they about to get some deals. They're about to get some endorsements. Viagra's coming after them. The the marriage counselors, they coming after they they're trying to get her to influence. Uh-huh. Let me tell you something. Followers pay. Not really. And how how long how long is that gonna last? Who knows? And look, he has a checkered past, too. I did tell you that part of the reason why his age is unclear is because his arrest record says that he should be 61 right now. Arrest. Yeah, I don't understand how nobody knows. Somebody needs to get the birth certificate. Get the birth certificate so he can stop lying and we can clarify all this because I, you know, I'm so tired of saying 46, 55, 61. Look, I mean, the marriage certificate says he's 55. The court documents, according to the record, the arrest record says he's 61. And she, the wife, is saying that he's 46. So, look, I don't know, nor do I really care, because the age at that point is just old, okay? In comparison to her, you're just, it's just old. Yeah, somebody lying. Somebody lies about some things. So, um, I know that we've received a couple of sketchy letters from our listeners. Are you ready to talk through some scenarios? Yes, let's do it. All right. So my letter reads, Nicole and Janine, please give me some logical advice because I'm about to lose it. My 20 year old son is now seriously dating a grown 32 year old woman and it doesn't make sense. I know what you ladies are thinking. They're both grown, quote unquote, but the age isn't the issue. It's the fact that this woman was my son's longtime babysitter from the age of nine years old until he was about 14. And could stay by himself. They have supposedly been dating for two years, but now they are, quote, serious. I'm just finding out about it because he said he's going to bring her to his grandmother's 75th birthday party. This has me wondering, how long has this ish really been going on? I feel like when I see her, I'm going to have to ask her some tough questions. Like, how long has she been after my child? I remember she used to tell me how handsome he is and how he's going to be a little heartbreaker. And now she's with him. Ladies, what should I do? How old is the son again, Nicole? He's 20. 
And they've been dating for two years? Two years. Okay. So your son is 20 years old. Honestly, there's really nothing that you can do at this point. He's grown. He's very grown. Yes, you can be upset. You can be upset that the babysitter was is the one that you're son is now seeing. But here's the problem. If they've been dating for two years, they started dating when he was 18. There's no, I mean, you could suspect that they were probably fooling around before that, but just like the case that we just talked about or the situation that we just talked about, unless you have proof, it sounds bad. It looks bad, but that's about all you got. You can ask her the questions if you'd like. What you are risking is driving a wedge between you and your son. And I get it. You don't want your son to be with the babysitter, but I've heard a lot of stories like this. And unfortunately, you know, there, there really isn't anything that you can do. It's not like your son got her pregnant or there's a way for you to show that they've had a relationship prior to him being at age of consent. There's nothing that you can really do. And you don't want to drive a wedge between you and your son over this relationship because, you, yeah, they're getting serious supposedly, but you don't know how long this relationship is going to last. This relationship might be over. And honestly, if you cause a big stink about this, he's around that age where if you tell him that you're not happy with the situation, he's more likely to, to jump further into her her arms. So I would say be careful how you navigate this situation because you want to be able to maintain a relationship or a good relationship with your son. And honestly, if this is the lady that he fell in love with, yeah, it sucks and you might not like it, but it might just be a thing. What do you think, Nicole? I'm just thinking about my son right now. I'm thinking about Harrison and I'm thinking about babysitters that he might have had, you know, nine years old is what her son's age was when he met this said babysitter. I mean, he's 20 now. So that's what 11 years ago at that time, she would have been 21. Right. So I'm sitting here thinking, was it like a Drake type situation? Cause you know, Drake, you know, he said he screwed a couple of his babysitters. So was it that type of situation where this boy had a crush on his babysitter from the time she was 21, but knew she was out of his league. And then when he came of age, he then went and found this babysitter to say, I'm interested. Okay. If that's the case, there's nothing mom can do. But if there was like any type of like flirting molestation or something, especially when he was like 14, I need to find that out. So what I would do is one I do give her permission to act a damn donkey if she wanted to. Okay. Time out for pushing wedges and all that stuff. This is the good thing is this is not a daughter, an 18 year old daughter who's dating, you know, a 32 year old man. I feel like women, you know, moms and daughters, they can get a rift and that'll like drive them apart. But like usually like sons and moms, like eh, it's harder to drive a wedge there. Okay. So I'm going to give you permission to act the donkey if you find out some, uh, some stuff. Okay. Now, if you don't, then you can't act the donkey. So what I would do first is I would, I wouldn't ask her any hard questions. I would ask my child first. I would literally sit down and say, now, how did you end up with the babysitter? I would literally say it casually. Like, how long have you been liking her? Did you like her when she used to babysit her? Did anything happen before that? Tell me the truth. You grown now. You know, we both grown. Tell me the truth. You know, how long have you been liking her? When did y'all reconnect? How did y'all reconnect? And you know when your child is lying to you. So I would say I would have that conversation. And if he's genuine about that conversation, and if they really did meet after he turned 18 or reconnect after he turned 18, even if he went and found her to reconnect after he turned 18, 
He knew what he was doing and there was none, nothing inappropriate that happened during the childhood and there was nothing inappropriate that happened before he turned 18. Then then you have to more power to it, okay? You got to go with it and let him make his own decisions because realistically, he is 20 and she's 32. I don't know how long that's going to last anyway. So Janina's right in terms of you don't want to act a donkey if you don't have a reason to act a donkey, okay? And then when I saw the girl, I would, you know, I wouldn't be rude. If he gave me some straight up answers that I believed, I would not be rude. If he, he looked like he was lying or you know your child's lying, I would tell him, you lying to me. Don't you lie to me. Because if this girl did something to you, then I need to know about it. And if I thought he was lying, then I'm going to go to her and I'm going to ask her some questions because I want to see what, what he's going to tell me and what she's going to tell me. I want to see if I can catch him in a lie. But otherwise, if he's giving it to you straight and you believe what he's saying and he's being, you know respectful answering you and you you believe him then all you can do is accept it and the question is why did you not do what's wrong with the babysitter is she like a gold digger like she's not doing nothing with her life like what what's the deal why like why don't you actually like her if she wasn't the babysitter would you be okay with it if he was dating somebody 32 i would want to know that information of like why does she not like the babysitter? Is it just because you thought something was going on and she was like praying on your child or not? Otherwise, if you realize there's nothing that happened before 18, you got to shut up and go with it. Find some other flaw besides her age to bring up. I agree. I think this might be a case of the mom just doesn't like this girl for her son. I don't really think that this is a case of impropriety. At least it doesn't sound like it. Mm-mm. No. But I don't know. Would we feel the same way if, if she was writing it about her daughter? I feel like we are more accepting of young women marry, dating and marrying older men. Uh, one, I don't think that if I had a daughter, there's no way there's no way I would have a man babysitting them. So the story wouldn't, to me, job very well. But if it's our 18-year-old daughter and dating a 32-year-old person that she's known since childhood if you will, I still don't think that we would give it as much judgment. I don't think we would give it as much judgment. Really? We judge older women very hard. We judge older women dating younger men very hard. I agree. But we give props to younger men that end up with older women like they knocked one down, you know, just saying. Especially yeah, I mean, Hostella got a, a groove back made that cool, right? And that's why there's a whole movie about her getting her groove back. You don't see no movie about, you know, some man in his 40s getting his groove back with somebody in, her, in their 20s. That's like every day. <laughs> that happens all the time. But how Stella got her groove back, that was a thing. Oh, girl, you got your groove back, you know. We're about to see how we feel about it if it's a girl. This one says, ladies, my daughter is 17 and she's dating a much older man. They've been dating now for about a year and a half. He's 32. He's very kind and caring. He seems to treat my daughter very well. He has a great job as an attorney at a very prominent law firm. I've struggled making ends meet since my husband passed away in 2016. And he has been not only a help to my daughter, but also a help to me and my other children as well. My daughter is now even going to be able to go to college next year, something that I would not have been able to afford without the help of her boyfriend. 
My mother, also my daughter's grandmother, is furious about their relationship. And she has not spoken to me since she found out that I knew how old he was. I know that technically they shouldn't be together, but my daughter is very mature and she will be 18 in less than six months. And her boyfriend is such a big help. Am I wrong for allowing this relationship to happen? Please help. Hell yeah, you wrong. Let me tell you something. He's an attorney, so he knows the law. He's been with this girl since she's 16. That is statutory rape. And you are allowing your child to be raped. Point blank, period. There are laws against this. And he knows the law. He is an attorney. He can't say he didn't know better. He knew better. When people are like, oh, some, such such is mature for you. There is no such thing as a mature 18-year-old. No such thing. You're not going to be mature at the level of a 30-year-old when you're 18. That's just not how it works. You can't even legally drink, okay? Why? Because we know that your brain is still developing. So he knows better than this. And you are farming out your child and pimping out your child to get your bills paid. That is exactly what is happening here. Shame on you for turning, turning the cheek, turning the other cheek, when you're getting slapped in the face by your child getting raped just because he's helping out with bills. Really? What kind of mother are you that you're going to turn a blind eye to this? 16? They've been dating a year and a half. So she'll be 18 in less than six months. That means that she's been 17 for six months. I'm just, you know, trying to do the math in my head. Because you're 17 now and it doesn't make any sense. So if you've been with her over a year, then you were with her when she was 16 at least. That's just nasty. And my thing is she can't be the serious relationship. He's probably married and dating this chick on the side or with somebody else because he's not bringing this 16, 17 year old to the Christmas party. Unless that's not happening. This is a side piece that he's paying. She's literally pimping her daughter off and she he probably is, has gotten somebody else. That's just nasty. Just to say your child is going to be able to go to college. Why? Because he's 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 paying the money to, to afford college. And why could she not get a scholarship? Like, why couldn't she get something on merit? I'm just saying, I, mean, I never dreamed of sending her to college. Now she got this, this pimp and this pimp paying for everything. And we were struggling before him and we're grateful. We're grateful. So I'm not going to say nothing. That sounds crazy. Not calling the man a pimp, Nicole. Okay, so a couple of things. One, I pray that they are not sexually involved. I am not naive, though. If a 32-year-old man is in a relationship, it's very likely that they are sexually involved. But I would just like to think that there are some men out here that maybe might have fallen in love with somebody that was younger, and they are not sexually involved because she is a minor. So There's, crazy! I'm not going to be naive, but I would like to just think that there's somebody left in the world. There's hope in humanity, and these 30-year-old men are not preying on these 16, 17, even 18-year-old women. But let me just say this. He is an attorney. So like Nicole said, I think that he probably knows the law, which makes me think, have you emancipated your daughter? Because if that's the case and she is 16 and 17, he is not wrong. I didn't hear none of that depending in the letter. On, depending on what state they live in, it could be possible that he could be within the letter of the law. Just saying. I don't hear none of that. I don't hear none of that about Amanda. He, She is still living with her mother. She's not emancipated. She's not acting as an adult. He knows better. And even if she was, he's not taking the 16, 17 year old to his law events. He's not doing it. And you know, they fooling around. What man do you know that's going to pay bills for a household, agree to pay college tuition that not getting the goodies? 
Okay. Where he at? But if that is the case, I would like to meet this man. Right. No such a thing. So just yes. nasty. To our listener, who we have obviously not said your name for obvious reasons, because we don't know where you live and this could be against the law. We're not condoning this. Get this man away from your daughter until she's of age and try to do it the best way that you can. Money and college tuition is never, ever, ever going to be worth the potential trauma and harm that your daughter is currently experiencing. Again, I would like to hope that this man is not sleeping with your daughter because I would like to hope that there's still some, you know, little piece of humanity that sees that there's something wrong with sleeping with children. And if your mother's upset, I assume that she has reason to be upset and I'm with her. Like, don't don't let the money blind you. Stop it. Your children are not assets to be sold. That's disgusting. She's pimping her daughter out. That's all I'm going to say. All right, Janine, what did you learn new this week, girl? Okay, so a couple of things that I learned new. Only six states completely ban underage marriage. And those states are Delaware, New Jersey, Minnesota, Rhode Island, Pennsylvania, and New York. Those are the only states that completely ban underage marriages. Only nine states don't allow people who are over the age of 21 to marry someone that is underage. So there are only nine states that do that. In the rest of the states of the United States, you can be over 21 and marry someone under the age of 21. So let me say this. In every state in the United States, the legal age of marriage is either 18, 19, or 21. However, each state, with the exception of the six that I just mentioned, have exceptions to that rule that allow people under the age of 18 to get married. But nine states ban, even those states that allow people under the age of 18 to get married, you still cannot be over the age of 21 and marry someone under the age of 18. But that's only nine states. The rest of them, you can be however old you like. What did you learn new this week, Nicole? That's crazy. I feel like the legal age to get married should be 21, period. Like it shouldn't even be 18. It should be 21. My my thing is, if you can't drink at the reception, you shouldn't be getting married. Mm -hmm. I I said what I said. I said what I said. And people are going to be pissed off about it, but it's okay. So what I learned was that married heterosexual couples which is with an age difference of 10 years or more make up 8.5% of the U.S. married couples. But if you talk about same-sex couples, they have wider age gaps on average, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. 26% of men and 18% of women in same-sex relationships have at least a 10-year age gap. I thought that was interesting. I never even thought about that. But yeah, that's wow. But look, 10 years ain't nothing but a thing. As long as you're over the age of 18. Just saying. Yeah. All right. So you ready for the motivational moment? Yes. So Yoko Uno said, some people are old at 18 and some are young at 90. Time is a concept that humans created. So if your soul loves another soul, don't miss your blessing because you're concerned about appearances. As long as you met him or her while you were both of legal age. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us.
You can follow Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh That's Deep BWC. Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a Mean Old Lion Media production.